is the Greg Hill Show right here on Boston Sports Original. W-E-E-I. Shine, my heart, and Dondero with you this morning. Uh, no Greg, Wiggy, or Courtney, or Curtis today. Jackson is behind the glass as well. And uh, we're gonna, we've been talking about playoff football today. We're going to talk about playoff football a lot today. And WEEI's coverage of the football postseason is brought to you by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Wiggy has been eating those bags of Wise that have been laying around like crazy. Well, they're pretty good. They're delightful. I, I wish uh... I could eat more. I'd say in the cheesy category, Andy Hart would be second. Ah, but I'm... Uh, look, look at Jackson. Pretty sure that was a cheesy joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're okay. terrible. I blame we're terrible. you. Yeah, you know. You're the host. It's true. We all follow the leader. It trickles down. Ah, son of a bitch. I allowed it. 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in this morning. 37937 if you wanted to text into the show as well. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and get right to They Said It this morning, Jackson. It's time for Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Would not say that I'm Mona Lisa Vito of the football world. They they want you to cook the dinner. At least they ought to let you shop for some of the groceries. Said it. Wake up the dumb bambino and have me facing. Maybe I'll give him in the eye. They said it. Brought to you by AAA Work Trucks. Take the work out of your next work truck. AAAWorkTrucks.com. I'm just going to say it. All right, gentlemen, for uh, for those who are unaware, this in this portion of the program, Jackson and I have curated a few uh, cuts from the weekend, okay. uh, audio from the sports world that we found interesting and or uh, we enjoyed and want to react to a little bit. So first, uh, let's hear from Odell Beckham Jr. He was on a podcast, the Punchline podcast, uh, and he talked about how in the offseason he was convinced he was not going to be a Baltimore Raven. He'd actually be somewhere else. I think in my heart, like, I was set to go back to New York and be a Jet. I remember getting a call over the weekend. They were like, hey, this is the Ravens, right? This is our offer. What is it going to take for you to not take that visit? Ooh, they came like that. They said, if you you do get on that plane, like, just know that the offer is off the table. Ooh. And I was like, can you give me 20 hours to, like, talk to my people? You know when God wants you to walk through the door that he has for you, not the door that your heart desires? Ooh, if you're going to preach, preach then, now. Come on, now. My heart desired to be in New York again, to be able to, you know, whether there's marketing money, you know, mm. the Jets, and it's kind of like, you know, I even had the number picked out. I'm DMing the punter or whoever it was at the time, like, hey, let me buy that off you. Like, you know, like, I'm I'm set in stone. Like, this is where I'm going. And they just kind of slow played the offer or felt disrespect. Like, they just kind of thought that they had it in the bag, that they were the best team, and that it would be a privilege for me to be over there. I, I think it's... That quote, like "Go where you're celebrated, not tolerated." Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's interesting that he wanted to go play with Aaron Rodgers so bad. Well, why wouldn't you? And, well, that's true. But imagine the Jets too. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers didn't blow out his Achilles four plays into the season with Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Odell Beckham Jr., and Brees Hall, like that would have been a much much better team. And instead, now he's on the best team in the AFC. It's crazy how That's things work out God sometimes. made Can it I work. Just, let me just ask Andy a question. Uh-oh. Tell mm. me tell me why in your estimation when Tom Brady left the Patriots, the culture seemed to erode right in front of our eyes. However, when the when the Ravens lost Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs and Ed Reed, they feel like the exact same culture with all these new different players and they're atop the AFC. Now, why didn't the Ravens culture erode when all those defensive legends left, but the Patriots one did? Well, I, I think Lamar is the answer. I think Lamar has changed there. I think they have a different culture in Baltimore now. And certainly Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, very different. Yeah, in on-field vastly. game, 
Um, the way they speak at the podium, certainly Lamar is not the polished Tom Brady tie I could run for president. But I think Lamar is the is the core of that team, and I think he sets a tone. Like I don't, I don't know about you, but when I watch Lamar, he is one of the most likable. Oh, he is players. He is. On the, I love and him. I give him a lot of so credit. Much. He has developed his passing. I mean, everything has gotten better. He's a good leader. He's a grown up. All those and, different. And things. I just think to have a culture, quote unquote, coach has to be part of it. Oh yeah, and there has to be a lead player. Now I don't know that it has to be the quarterback. I think probably. 90% of the time, it's a quarterback. Sometimes I think it can be Ray Lewis or some defensive player. And, and I think that's it. You paired John Harbaugh up with Lamar, who Lamar is a he's a tent pole. He's a, guy, he's a straw that stirs the drink in well, a different way. I think to your point, too, you look at back his first MVP season. Was that 2019, 2018? 19. 2019. Mar- uh, Mark Ingram would get up to the podium. And he'd be like, now our MVP yeah, quarterback. Yeah. And like he he kind of set the stage as a veteran, set the stage for Lamar to be this guy. And I do think some of that is um a big trust. Premature and fabricative, if that's even sure. a word, where you're you're trying to mold it in a certain direction. Like as Mark Ingram, I know if we're gonna be great, we need Lamar Jackson to take us there. But it's your job to paint the picture too. And I though. think the Patriots to just come full circle to the Patriots, I think guys tried to do that with the Patriots and Mac Jones. If you remember um, the first year when guys like Judon were yelling things behind Mac Jones, playful with him in press conferences, or all of them, Judon, Bourne, there was another defensive player were like, damn, I didn't know our quarterback had that swag like that. He's got a little buzz. I think they were trying to make something that just never came to fruition. Like I think they were really trying to support their rookie quarterback and lead him down that road now, it, and he was going down that road. Yeah. And then it fell apart with year two and all of that. So, But I think it's the quarterback and the coach more often than not. Can I just uh, point out the most frustrating thing uh, since Butler got benched in the Super Bowl, as far as I'm concerned, is the pick before Lamar Jackson in the draft, Sony Michelle. Literally oh, the pick yeah. before. Well, yeah, the Patriots Isaiah wins Sony Michelle draft. Which, all thirty-two, te- or all thirty-one other teams passed on Lamar Jackson before Lamar well, Jackson got taken. Unbelievable. Like, the Sony pick is so frustrating for two reasons. Lamar Jackson. Ugh. And Chubb. Yeah. So if you wanted a quarterback, you passed on it for the running back yeah. who wasn't that good, or you passed on the better running back from the same damn school where you were already scouting because you took the offensive lineman and the running hey, back. I understand the Patriots haven't had a Lamar Jackson since Tom Brady left, but that culture, that Baltimore, they're still a defensive team. They still went to San Francisco this year. And were really, that oh, they're was a tough. Signature defensive game for them. That I think that's what the Crafts misjudged. When Tom Brady left, I don't think they thought that the culture was going to erode the way it did and that they were going to look so different just a few years later. Baltimore never looked that different from the Ray Lewis years. I know it was Lamar. He came in. But even to now, but I think the same they, type of I think they did a really good job finding foundational pieces on the defense that continued yeah. their new version of the culture. Right. Your Marlon Humphreys, Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton one is one of the best safeties in football. One of the, superstar waiting to yeah. happen. And he was it, it was insane. I remember having the 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 conversation with people uh about him at draft time and they're like, Why would you take him in like the top five? I'm like, This guy is freaking awesome. And they got him at like eight. Or, right. so, or like 15 or something stupid. I don't even remember what, what it can was. We, just later. to get back to the uh, OBJ thing real quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of God in uh, free agency. Remember it started way back in the day when Reggie White told him to go to Green Bay. Yeah, like yeah, God yeah. told him to. Like, 
Now, now God plays well, so fantasy he, football. God's putting these pieces so together think, for the way he wants it. I think God Doesn't matters. God have bigger things to do? <laughs> so I think God matters in one aspect of football, and that's when it comes to the quarterback. Because I think M- Mina Kimes has this theory where you have to either think you're a god or believe undoubt, like, uh, like a ridiculous amount in God to be a good quarterback in football. Yeah. Oh, I would agree. God complex. Yeah. Certainly. So it's either it's either you just absolutely worship a higher power. Yeah, but that's or not actually God doing anything. Power. This is OBJ telling me God saved him. Yeah, he also said somewhere in there in the tone, like you know, it's New York, it's the Jets. Wait, the Jets are a laughing stock. Wow, you're you're putting <laughs> a tone on it that does not equate to what you're trying to it's impart just New on York. your listeners. That's yeah, all it is. It's the Jets. You were trying to change it and give the Jets credit because not only were they trying to get OBJ. Remember there were those trade rumors they tried to go after Devontae Adams? They were trying to load up a damn super team. Oh, my God. And then Rodgers blew out his Achilles four plays into the season. And I still hold out hope they load up a super team next year with Bill Belichick as the coach. But different different segment we can get into. Well, speaking of Bill Belichick, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, Let's actually now go and hear from Matt Ryan, who talked about the idea of Belichick possibly being an Atlanta Falcon. Bill Belichick, you just heard Jonathan Jones. Is he a fit, the right fit for Arthur Blank in the Atlanta Falcons? Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of baggage that comes with that because of what happened in the Super Bowl. Right? Yes. And okay. So it's an awkward thing. But if you look at the organization, like Jonathan said, an owner that is getting older and is anxious to win right now, and you look at their roster, we had them twice this year. They're built to win now. They really are. The defense wow. plays good football. They've got an excellent offensive line, good skill positions, but they got to figure out the quarterback. I think Bill Belichick's makes sense if they get a veteran guy. I think if you're drafting young, I think you go with a younger coach, somebody that's going to be there longer. But if you're going to take a veteran guy, yeah. I think he makes sense in Atlanta. Quick. No. So, I mean, are we, are we saying Kirk Cousins? Is that the veteran guy that you'd put in Atlanta? Which veteran guy are we pairing up with Bill Belichick? Because I, I don't get Atlanta as a Belichick spot. For so many reasons, not just the quarterback. It just doesn't feel right to me. Bill Belichick is going to go to Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, no. like, doesn't that feel weird? Yes. Yes. I, also, and I why think- is Matty Ice laughing when he talks about the Super He's like, you know, for obvious reasons. You should not be laughing. You were part of that. Yeah. That yeah, should you be your worst nightmare. You should never laugh about that, ever. You should be like Josh McDaniels when Antonio Pierce brings up the Giants. Uh, yeah, Patriots exactly. Never say that to me again. Exactly. That, That's how you should react. Don't be giggling about that. Uh, but, no, I, it's it's weird because, like, I view Atlanta as this young potential laden team and they're the team that should be like "Ooh, let's go trade for justin fields let's get a young coach in here and let's really sure dial things up you that's how me. they should yeah. be they should not be going for bill belichick yeah, like atlanta is a very um there's a young black population there like i could see justin fields marrying up with a gerard mayo type some young coach and them just lighting the city on fire Bill Belichick, the old white dude from Nantucket who's 82, I mean 72, is going to come down there and ignite life into hot land. Is he going to go with Wiggy to get you know, lemon pepper wings at whatever that strip club is? Oh, uh, like, is that Magic City? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, yeah. I, I. It's weird. I've all, For a while now, I felt like that seemed to be like the biggest, the best, not best, I, I hate that word, like the most likely landing spot for Belichick. Well, because it's been Wait. reported. I mean, even the... Um, D. Orlando Ledbetter is like yep. their aged beat reporter. Yep. Been there forever, Atlanta Journal. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, they want Bill. They're going after Bill. They're all. But just because well, they Arthur want Blank, him. Arthur Blank lost out on Bill Parcells. He lost out on another big name coach. And he's like, I want I want a big name coach. Yeah. Good luck. I think they. I need to see a reunion with Jonu Smith and Bill Belichick. That's what I'm looking for. So, <laughs> Jonu Smith had more receiving that. yards than like half of uh, 95% of the Patriots on this team. Yeah. I've also become obsessed, irrationally obsessed 
with the, I guess, impending press conference that Bill Belichick will conduct with his new team? And just in every way possible. Mm. What's he going to say? How does he treat that media? What Boston media what kind of goes down there? Does what does he say oh, about I'll be the Patriots? Pissed. If he becomes like Mr. Nice. Open know, and Mr. nice, open. I'm going to be like, I'm coming down there to whoop somebody because I'll be pissed. <laughs> I had to sit through 20 years of you being an a-hole to all of us. Imagine Falcons fans, though, like... You're pissed at Arthur Smith because he won't play Bijan and he gives the ball too much to Tyler Algier. And then in walks Bill Belichick and he does the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. He would do the exact same thing. With yeah. He would just play both running backs. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I, if, if there's not a quarterback and an elite quarterback, I don't know what you're doing that, with Bill Belichick's yeah. age. In, in this I don't but think, the issue is there's not that many places with elite quarterbacks that have a job opportunity, right? It's I, just I, the Chargers, well, I would, and it feels like well, Harbaugh's the favorite there. Chargers, Bills, Jets, Cowboys. Bills, I know I'm adding Jets, Jets Cowboys, mix, not <laughs> open yet. <laughs> well, three Do you of think Bill Belichick needs them to be open? Yes. Like, this hall passes work, right? Like, I'm sure your wife has a hall pass. Are you married? Uh, not married. Whatever. Your live-in lover. My girlfriend. Has yeah. a uh, hall pass. Sure, there's certain people you realize that if they walk in the bedroom, you might as well walk out, right? If uh, Bill Belichick walks in the door, there's certain places where I think the owner goes, Maybe okay, right now, but not after Bill? he gets jacked and tatted oh, up. That's exactly. right. The you know? new shine, yeah. jacked full of energy with tats everywhere, is going to say, I, well, see, no that's hall pass. Well, see, that's the thing. I've always had the energy. Now it's a matter of matching the energy to the uh, to I'm the intrigued effort. to watch this unfold. Do we have a timeline for this? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I've, I'm only like a couple weeks in. Um, and uh, so I'm hoping uh, by summertime you're going to see uh, massive changes to me. I won't be quite y- full out yoked yet, but I'll be getting there, be cl- closing into that process. But, uh, you know. Because I want to be able to see it. Yeah. No offense. Too. Like, no, no, no. I, look, look, remember I, when I, Vince Wilfork, Mark, you were in this yeah, era? Yep. Um, Every August, people would write these stories like he redistributed the weight, and I'm like, kind of looks the same to me. He's got a big old belly. He looks like a nose tackle. No shot. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. people would write these stories, and I'm like, I don't see it. I want to see it. Oh, yeah, I want to yeah, walk in. Well, I don't see that. you. Yep. This is perfect, too, because I don't see you a, a lot. Yeah. So I want to walk in to do like some like 10 o'clock shift party. and be like, holy. You'll see me at like the Rich Keefe, Rich Keefe draft party in like four or five months from now. Okay. And I'll walk in, and you'll be like, wow. And you I'll hand different. you a slice of pizza and a wing and say, all that work going right down the crapper today. So, uh, don't worry. I'll be at the gym for two hours the next day. <laughs> um, and uh, we got uh, ran out of time here a little bit. But we'll actually get to this. I want to hear this cut. We have a Jerry Jones cut for you to finish. Ooh, they nice. said it. We just uh, kind of got off topic. Come on, here. host. So, rain this in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got excited. I'm having fun. I just noticed the clock. It's a mess. Uh, 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in. We'll hear from Jerry Jones post game uh, coming up next. But right now, let's get you caught up with what's trending. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now, brought to you by Subaru of New England. Playoff football is here, baby. The Texans rolled the Browns 45-14. C.J. Stroud was electric in his first playoff game. The Chiefs handled the Dolphins in the frigid Kansas City air 26-7. The Packers went into Jerry World. Jordan Love, also tremendous in his first career playoff game. They beat the Cowboys 48-32. to And lastly, the Lions got a playoff win at home as they were able to stave off Matthew Stafford and the Rams 24-23. to So they will welcome in Tampa Bay or Philly, the winner of that game tonight at 8 o'clock uh, next week for the divisional round of the playoffs. So those games tonight, 8 o'clock, we have Philly and Tampa Bay. And at 4.30 this afternoon, we have the Bills and Steelers, which got uh, postponed 
from yesterday due to crazy weather in Buffalo. Over the weekend, the Celtics beat the Rockets. They get the Raptors tonight in Toronto. Tip-off for that one is at 7. And your Boston Bruins got a win over the St. Louis Blues over the weekend thanks to an overtime goal from Charlie McAvoy. They welcome in the Devils today to the Garden for a matinee day game. That puck drop will be at 1 o'clock. Trending Now is brought to you by Subaru of New England. Go outside and play in a brand new 2024 Subaru with symmetrical all-wheel drive for all of your winter adventures. Details on authorized Subaru retailers at SubaruofNewEngland.com. That's what's trending. We'll be back with the Greg Hill Show coming up. On a personal basis, I'm, I'm floored. And so uh, uh, not that there's any world's smallest violin for me being floored. I get that. I understand that. And... Uh, I know where the responsibility starts and ends, and I've got that real clear, and I know that. But that's not the point. The point is that uh, I'm uh, uh, disappointed for everybody. This is the Greg Hill Show on Boston Sports Original WEEI. No Greg, Wiggy, or Courtney. Instead, it's Shime, Hart, and Dondero with you this morning. Uh, that was Jerry Jones reacting to the epic debacle uh, the Cowboys put forward yesterday against the Green Bay Packers, just absolutely getting dismantled by Jordan Love. Romeo Dubs could not have been more wide open over the course of that game, uh, and Aaron Jones continues to own Dallas every time he walks in the door. Uh, so Green Bay went in and stomped Dallas 48-32. It was never as close as the score may indicate, by the way. Dallas scored a lot of points late yep. uh, just to kind of close the gap, but it was that, that was an absolute beatdown uh, by Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, and the Packers. Um, and so Jerry Jones knows kind of the pressure, the heat that's on this team now, even after winning 12 games each of the last three seasons. He knows the kind of uh, heat that is on this team. And so I propose the question, is Mike McCarthy still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys by Friday? No. I think he's gone. No. Mark? He's gone. He has to be gone. Okay. Goner. I-, I say yes. I think he still is the head coach. I just I think it's overreactionary sometimes to fire a coach who's won 36 games in three seasons. However... Uh, however, however, yep, however. Isn't uh, Jerry Jones like the king of the overreaction, though? Is he? He's I mean, he kept really. The, he, he really isn't. He kept no. he kept Jason bleeping Garrett in the job for like ten years. I think, okay, he, I think he's more delusional. Touche. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, so, if you guys believe Mike McCarthy won't have a job uh, by the end of the week, who do you believe is the lead candidate to replace him? I believe his name is uh, William Belichick. His name is Bill. Most people call him. Uh, I think it's there's a legitimate possibility. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Bill was not the coach of the Cowboys next year. Why would he not be? Like, what's the you give me an argument against it? Well, so I, I'm actually going to pivot. Uh, I want to I want to pivot to Mark real quick because he brought up a great point uh, in the little off air show here in between uh, segments. Okay, who do you think will be the head coach of the uh, Dallas Cowboys? I think it absolutely should be Jim Harbaugh. Big okay. name. He could handle whatever pressures are associated with that job. Mm-hmm. I think he, he, it's a match there. And I think what the, the only hope Dallas has, and I think it's a big Dak Prescott problem, as I've illustrated. The only hope Dallas I could see having in terms of getting over the hump is having Jim Harbaugh come in and Jim Harbaugh doing what he did with Alex Smith to Dak Prescott, making him, taking him up a notch, bringing him to a new level, and having the physical defense that they usually have under the Jim Harbaugh, 
you know, whatever, style or whatever you want to call it, philosophy. That's the best. I do not think Dak Prescott is good enough at this point for Bill Belichick. I don't think they'll get anywhere. You might have some differences. They might not choke in big games like they did last night, but I don't think they're going to win those games that Dallas and all the Cowboys fans want them to win. So it's interesting because right now there's reports that uh, Jim Harbaugh has landed in L.A. and is yeah. meeting with Chargers Brass today. Yep. Um, I if, if I had to choose between Harbaugh and Bill for the Cowboys, I would lean to Harbaugh. Like, I think Mark's right. I think Harbaugh would bring more to what Dallas needs. Like, their defense last night was horrendous, but mm-hmm. all season was really, really good. They they are extremely good at getting turnovers. That's kind of their the name of their game. They're going to let up a decent amount of yards sometimes, but when it comes down to it, they get a crap load of turnovers. Yesterday, they just got none because Jordan Love was that damn good. And and I think that was kind of the difference in that game is offensively, they couldn't keep up with the, the Packers, and defensively, they just weren't getting any turnovers. <laughs> and so, Love was so good. I mean, that Love throw was he made, insane. who did he throw that one to? Wicks? Knicks? That on the blitz on third down, touchdown throw? Oh, Wicks. Uh, that, that was an Wicks. unbelievable throw under pressure on a dime. I think, ridiculous. I, I think one of the things that I'm learning uh, as quarterback play develops in the NFL, a lot of it was kind of like the athletic quarterback, maybe the guy who can move. I think right now the guys who are most successful are the guys who can make ridiculous throws off platform. Yes, and that's that, why the Jets drafted Zach Wilson. No. <laughs> it what? is. No, because Z- the league believes that that is the new age quarterback, the guy who can flick it and get it to a spot. You saw C.J. Stroud does it. He can be back. We re- we all ripped back for throwing off his back foot. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it was incomplete. Because it was picked off. Because it was a terrible throw. All these other quarterbacks throw off their back foot for big plays, for touchdowns. But Mac it's also- not the back foot problem. It's the result of the throw, and you're not good enough to make the throw go where it's supposed to go. No, it's the end part right there. Yeah. It's the you're not good enough part. But everybody because- said, you can't throw off your back foot in yes, the NFL. Everybody does it. Aaron Rodgers, C.J. Stroud, Love. You know Matthew what the Stafford, difference is? They're good. Patrick they have a good Mahomes, arm. Josh they Allen. throw it early enough. They yep. throw it far enough. They do whatever. That's, that's the difference. That's the thing is every all those guys have ridiculous arm talent, anticipation, and right. the ability they're to good. make the play. But, but hold on good. a sec, Shine. D- didn't you tell me, what was your big uh, concern with Caleb Williams? What did you tell me? Uh, that he played too much off script. He can't play in structure. Yeah. Was that Zach Wilson's problem? I mean, that you need to be able to play in structure. Yes, too. Zach Wilson cannot play in structure. Okay, Zach Wilson so has to, to run to around the backfield. Yeah, and so, but like you, and look he's at a dumbass. Yeah, let's yeah, just be honest. Not, but, right. But he you doesn't know at, how to lead. I, he's not right. a. Let's take Jordan Love as the example. Right, he can make those off, off-platform throws any time of the game, but. What makes Jordan Love great is he can do that, and he can also play action, five-step drop, balls out. Yeah. It's bang, bang, bang. There has, there's no hesitation. He doesn't feel the need to extend the play. He just he gets the play from Matt LaFleur, who I have not given enough credit to at how good of an offensive play caller he is, and he gets it. He gets the drop, balls out, and like there's timing, anticipation, rhythm that I don't necessarily – I haven't seen with Caleb Williams quite as much. Okay. That was my big concern. Just to get back to the Cowboys thing. Yep. The you could talk about Mike McCarthy all you want, and I think based on that performance, it was so bad. The defense was it was just total disaster. Everything we've seen, and then that performance leads me to say you gotta move on. But the biggest thing Dallas did that put them in this position was giving Dak Prescott that extension a few years ago. He was and I know he was like an MVP this year. Doesn't matter. He's not good enough. They should never have paid him like a top quarterback because he's not one, and that was what doomed them. Hmm. It's it's hard. Like it's, I understand paying Dak. In a way, it's like, well, you know, the Giants paid Daniel Jones. That was a dumb contract. I don't necessarily see the Dak contract as a 
horrendous contract. Like it was what four for one sixty, I believe, was the contract. Um, yeah. Which in today's market now, you look at the rest of the contracts around the league. I, I mean, it's the cost of doing business. Dax, Dax, Dak has done more than He's Justin a Herbert. Good quarterback, and I love Justin Herbert. But Dak has done more than Justin Herbert right. at this point. And if you have a guy that is considered a starting caliber quarterback yeah. with experience, you're going to be spending thirty-five to forty-five million dollars. Kirk it Cousins just is. Kirk Cousins got like three for eighty-four, fully right. guaranteed. He's going to get thirty-five to forty million this year. Yeah, on the open market or to go back to Minnesota. So that's that world of second to third tier quarterback wherever you want to align him. And I'm I'm not a Dak guy. I thought Dak sucked, and then. They brought in Amari Cooper, and all of a sudden, Dak got better, and you're like, is oh. Dak better, or did they bring in Amari Cooper? And then they got C.D. Lamb, and you're right. like, oh, Dak's an MVP candidate. Right, so it's that weird QB versus talent and the balance and the special ones that overcome a lack of talent or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, we've had the conversation this year with Patrick Mahomes because they don't have enough receivers, and guys are dropping balls. And is Mahomes any different? No. Mahomes just doesn't have as good a talent around him. Even freaking Kelsey's dropping more balls than I he know. usually sure. does. Um but I just think if you're looking at Jerry Jones, 81 years old, 82 years old, whatever he is, early 80s, frustrated as all get up. And I know he's trying to, like, mask some of the frustration and violin comment, whatever. But there is no bigger move than Bill Belichick. Like, there is name-wise, and they're the Cowboys. Don't right. don't forget they're the Cowboys. They're into, they've always been into the big, big name, big, big splash, star, yeah. big every, everything bigger in, yeah, in yeah, Texas, yeah. Dallas, that whole thing. And I don't know that you can go any bigger. And defensively, it's Bill's dream. He was gushing about Micah Parsons. Right. Like he thinks he's the, nah, he the modern it. LT. Not LT, but... He, yeah. Right, but he thinks he's yeah. like that modern As close version. Never can never right. talk about yeah. Um, so I just I just think it makes too much sense. And it, I, I don't disregard the Bill angle because, I again, Dak is questionable. But is Bill going to have an opportunity with a quarterback who's less questionable? Because I don't know that he... Like Justin Herbert, everybody threw the Chargers out there. He's every bit as questionable as Dak Prescott. More questionable, you could actually argue. Yep. Um, Atlanta, you there don't have. No there's nobody to point to to say he's questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, my dream, still my dream. Everybody tells me it's stupid. The Jets, yes. Aaron Rodgers is less questionable than Dak Prescott. Like that's yes. a better situation. Josh Allen, less questionable. If that, if they fall on their face today and get upset, maybe my they enter the chat, as people would say. But I don't oh. know that Bill. Bill's not getting Tom Brady. No. He's not getting Patrick Mahomes, although that was a late pro football talk thing that Reed's going to retire and Bill's going to go. Bull to crap. I don't see no that shot. at all. Why would he retire? Right. No. Makes no sense. So I understand the questions about Dak, but where is Bill going to have an opportunity with a quarterback that's better? Carolina? Get no. the hell out so of can here. I like, po- I don't- can I posit this question to you guys? Posit uh, it. Is there a chance Mike McCarthy stays in his job, Sean McDermott stays in his job, Belichick looks at the available coaching jobs and just goes, meh, I'm going to take the year off. I would have thought that before, what day was that when I was at Gillette? Wednesday? When was that? Thursday? Yeah, Wednesday. Whatever day it was. Thursday. 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 I would have thought a year off, even at his age, which I think is not a great plan at 72 to take a year off. You never know. Not a great plan. But when I saw him and I saw Robert say something to the effect of, it's going to be hard seeing him with another cutoff hoodie, Absolutely, he, he ain't taking a year yeah, off. Absolutely, hundred no. percent. That sold it for me too. He is going to be on a sideline th- and a sideline. I also don't think he's going to sit in some box and be president of football operations. No, no, no. He will be on an NFL sideline this year. I think you just said it, Andy. The age too. I mean, yeah. and I don't want to. 
Yeah, no, people get people get squirrely, but just say he's He's, old. He's old. And if you take a year off and then you try to you have to find a way to rev it back up to the level that it takes to become or to be an NFL head coach after a year off at that age. I don't like that. Not at all. So he will be on a sideline. It's just which sideline. Okay, fair enough. I I by the way, the Packers were also one that people were throwing out there. This was kind of a matchup of coaches that people say, well, they win a lot of games. But is Lafleur and our McCarthy are they really great coaches? Mm-hmm. And the loser could they be could they be lured into a Belichickian romance? Well, yeah, my, we got the loser. Yeah, my and my thought was always Lafleur was never losing his job. There was a zero percent chance that that was going to happen. Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm a hundred percent sure about that. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because you just moved on from Aaron Rodgers to a rookie quarterback and you made the playoffs, or not a rookie quarterback, a first year starting quarterback. Again, with a who bunch manages of, young quarterbacks better than Bill Belichick? Literally ninety percent of coaches <laughs> in football, which is wild. See, the problem is, sorry. The the problem is, to what you were saying, Andy, and I know Dak isn't bad. Yeah. But how many quarterbacks through between 2001 and 2018 in the AFC went to the Super Bowl? I mean, do you remember that stat? What was it like? It was, it was, yeah, but uh, it's because it was dominated by Brady. But that's what the NFL is, kind of. If you find, maybe not the NFC, maybe not the, maybe the NFC isn't, but the AFC kind of is. Is it? Maybe. What, See, I mean, who gets just, there this year? I missed it. What's the argument? Damn it. If it's Mahomes, if it's Burrow. Yeah, it's Mahomes and Burrow. Did you guys watch the uh, replacement game on CBS yesterday, which was a replay of last yeah. year? I, I got suckered into watching it. The NFL is so powerful. I was watching yeah. a year-old oh, yeah. playoff game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's about quarterbacks. Well, it's about I, the star quarterback. I agree, but there's a million. There's Not a million. There's a handful of really good quarterbacks now in the AFC. Like, CJ Stroud's going to be in that conversation. Josh Allen's also going to be in that conversation. Yeah, not, wanna, not all of them. We always do that. We keep saying people are going to be in that conversation. There's guys that are in the conversation. Their names are Burrow. Their names are Mahomes. And then there's guys that are going to, like, take one step into the conversation, and then yeah, the next year Trevor you're Lawrence. like, they're back out of the conversation. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hold Josh, on. Now, like, Dak Prescott's a perfect example. Is he in the conversation or out of the conversation? Is he a franchise no, no, quarterback no, no. or never, is he a frustrating hold quarterback? On. He's never been in the conversation. Oh, no, he entered the conversation. Like, he was, he was ne- an he MVP an candidate. He was an MVP game. candidate. He's but an MVP candidate. No, no, no. He hasn't been into an NFC championship Okay, so that's, 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 that's what he's barometer. talking about. He's talking about guys that are in the Super Bowl constantly. And so if I'm looking at the AFC, I look at it now, it's like, okay, there's Mahomes, but like, Mahomes is beatable, especially right now the way the Chiefs are built. Like, that team is beatable. Yeah, the, the Bengals already did it. So it's Mahomes. Burrow's out this year. But, like, would it shock you if the Houston Texans went on a run right now and made it to the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. I, it would not shock me. A if rookie they, quarterback with a rookie receiver and they, a rookie head coach? If yeah, they go that'd be Baltimore, stunning. <laughs> if they go into Baltimore next week I'm not and win, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm okay, not gonna be and shocked. you know what I wouldn't be shocked at? Then they lose the AFC title game because they like are too young and immature to deal with the success yeah. of going into Baltimore. Sure, I don't see I, it. I mean, if they go to the Super Bowl, it will be stunning. To every, me. Everybody said that about the first playoff game too, and they came out and dominated. Like it's it. Wait, you have the to, first playoff game as compared to a four game run to the Super Bowl. No, it's I'm Joe really Flacco I'm and just, the Browns. Right. I, look, I'm just saying. Midnight struck for Joe Flacco. Yeah. Somehow a linebacker didn't move. He didn't see him, and he threw it right to him. Okay. Do you think the Packers have a shot against the 49ers? Yeah, I do. But okay, so that's my point. So the Packers could go on a run, absolutely. Yes, and so like in my in my theory is it's like I don't think right now there is a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, even Ben Roethlisberger level of quarterback that is just like oh one of these three guys is a hundred percent going to be Super Bowl. You are so disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes yes, because of your hate that it's not funny. That I, I literally just said it. I go. Has he ever not gone still- to the AFC title game? Like he's Tom Brady. He wakes up in the he's AFC. Never title played game. a road playoff I, game. I understand. 
I'm so saying you're being the rest utterly of his team is not as good. He has the best defense he has, has ever had. Chris Jones is one of the best defensive players in football. Is a little overrated. They have the most underrated cornerback duo in football, in my opinion. Fair. Legereus Steed is really, really Mc, good. Yeah, and, and uh, the kid the Patriots good. should have drafted Duffy, that yeah. screwed up their whole draft for like two and a half years yeah, in a row. Nick Bolton's back too. He's a good player. Yeah. Look, I, I think hear Travis Kelsey. I think their defense is good. He's got a but I also think it's a little overrated. Yeah. She, yes. You just see. You can't have this conversation because you're so biased against Patrick Mahomes. It's not even. The defense has nothing to do with Mahomes. It's, no, but you just said there's no quarterback worthy of being in that every year Super Bowl conversation. Yes. His name is Patrick no, no, no. Mahomes. He's in the conversation. I'm saying he's not in the conversation. He's the he's modern Brady. And you know year. who said that? Brady. I don't care what Brady said. Brady said a lot of things post-career. Wow. I, I mean, only it's also care about true. what he did on the field. It's also true, by the way. No, it's not. He's the, he wakes up in the AFC title game. He has the best coach in football. They are Belichick. They are Brady. They are the Chiefs. Until they are dead and until you put a second bullet in the carcass when it lays on the cold pavement, they are not out of it. <laughs> All right. Regardless. Jiminy Christmas, you're so disrespectful. I'm just saying it, will, it won't be Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl this year. It may not be. And but, but to say but he's... That's my point! That's my, like, my point is, is it's... It wasn't always Brady. It wasn't always Manning. It was he one is of the at two. that level. He is at that level. For about, what was it, like 15 years, it was one of the two. And that's I'm, how it is right now with Mahomes. I get what I, you're saying, the Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott, even though he's had a lot of success, and maybe you don't think he's as good as Trevor Lawrence. I don't know where you stand there. But what Trevor Lawrence did last year in the playoffs spoke to me. I've never had Dak Prescott speak to me in a playoff game in a big moment like that. He's had some good regular seasons. He's had weapons. But but Lawrence, after all those mistakes he made, brought his team all the way back in a playoff game, won the game. That's something that says to me, well, maybe one day he could get there. Yeah, I just I look at the NFL right now, and I don't I see a landscape that involves uh, just about every team that makes it to the playoffs could make a Super Bowl run. Like I don't I don't think it's unlikely that any of these teams could make the Super Bowl. Like I, I just I I feel like it's it's weird. You, you so know, you give Baker Mayfield the same shot as Patrick Mahomes? Yes, the way the, his path to the Super Bowl. Jiminy Christmas! You, you I mean, he has to. He gets a he gets a spiraling <laughs> he gets a spiraling Eagles team. Holy! Then Moses. gets the Lions, who are historically just. Yeah, jokers. you just told me you love the Lions. I do. You're love playing the Lions. at home, they're, they're great, the team to cheer for. Great, yes, they are a great team to cheer for. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes have the same shot. Yeah. I just look at it right now, and that's kind of how I see it. I've lost sight of the argument. What, what are you arguing? That it's just that, a wide-open no, field every yes, year? Yes, exactly. That, so your point earlier about how the Super Bowl for years, it was just Manning or Brady was always there. Yeah. It, it, nobody else really had a shot. It was just one of the two. Like right now in the NFL, I feel like every team that makes the playoffs, for the most part, has a legitimate, outside of the Steelers, has a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. At making the Super Bowl. Not winning, but getting there. And okay. like that's, that's kind hmm. of where I'm at. I'll agree to disagree because the light's flashing. Yeah, 617-779-7937. Normally, here on the Greg Hill Show, we do the news at about Mm -hmm. 730. There was no news today. Courtney Cox is not here today. Uh, But if we did the news, the news would be sponsored by Northeast Men's Health, the experts in treating men's sexual health uh, with five New England locations. Learn more at northeastmenshealth.com. Also, normally on a a Monday here on the Greg Hill Show, we would have Boomer Esiason. He will be on tomorrow with the normal crew which will be a lot of fun to get Boomer's reaction on the first round of the playoffs and the end of the season and the change from Bill Belichick to Gerard Mayo. We will continue to discuss that, the fallout of Bill Belichick leaving the New England Patriots. And is it the right call to have no GM or should the Patriots be looking for a GM? We'll talk about all that coming up here on the Greg Hill Show with Shime, Hart, and Dondero.
the Greg Hill Show right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. Uh, no Greg, Courtney, or Wiggy with you this morning. Instead, it's Shime, Hart, and Dondero uh, keeping you locked here until 10 a.m. this morning. We've been talking all morning about playoff football, the New England Patriots, and I, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts. I've been kind of thinking about this now for a while. Uh, there's reports out. It's a mixed reports, but relatively similar, relatively the same thing. I think it was Schefter who originally tweeted that the Patriots were in no hurry to hire a GM. And then I believe it was Phil Perry who said that they don't even have plans to hire a GM, that it may just be a like a collaborative effort, basically, between Matt Groh and Elliot Wolf. And uh, in my opinion, I, I think this is like worst case scenario for the Patriots and for Gerard Mayo, who I hope is good. I hope Gerard Mayo has success. I I would have preferred they hire outside the organization. That was my pref- preference. But I, I said, if you hire Mayo, that's fine. You just have to do things around him to kind of, I don't know, change the perspective in the building. And right now it doesn't feel like that's happening. Do you believe that there's any way that this has any kind of success? No. I think it's a disaster. <laughs> this is the most important decision that the organization arguably is going to make in the last 30 years. And you're not going to have a plan. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? It reminds me of the Patriots quarterback plan after Tom Brady, which was, I don't know, nothing. Or they didn't have one. Cam Newton on June 20. I mean, it just didn't feel like there was any type of plan associated with what they were going to do. Stidham. This, I mean, you need a quarterback to give Gerard Mayo any hope. And I'm sorry. I would like to, if I'm going to that press conference on Wednesday, I don't care what Robert Kraft has to say about Gerard Mayo, what Mayo has to say, who's picking the quarterback. That's the only question. I'll ask that six times. I don't understand how this is going to be successful. Now, maybe they could luck into it based on where they're picking, but you have the number three overall pick. You're not usually up that high. You have to find a way to convert on that pick in this spot. And the fact that they're being so blasé about not hiring a GM, or maybe we'll get to it, might happen after the draft. I have no idea why you would think that's a good idea or how that's going to lead to fruitfulness for Gerard Mayo. I hate it. It's just, it, it makes me completely turned off to this whole operation. I liked what they did. I thought they did a good job moving on. Belichick, it was time. And now I, I have all kinds of questions. Yeah, can't work. Won't work. Can't it just, work. It can't work. Um, now, I think in the end, Elliot Wolf is going to uh, ascend to a position of authority. I don't know exactly what their yeah. structure is going to be. Are they going to have a GM? I think Elliot Wolf in the end will be the name we keep talking. It's going to be the Mayo and Wolf era here in New England. God, can we just have titles for one minute? You know, just well, that's a great point. Some, Bill's gone. Let's yeah. just have titles. Yeah. He was the one who hated titles. Why can't we have titles now? Or are we playing a game where there's going to be titles? Thing. It could be a pay scale thing. I don't. Now, if they legitimately go with collaborative consortium decision. Uh, no chance. There is no chance of it working. And as you pointed out. Because who has final say? Right. Somebody has to. Because you know what the worst case scenario would be, in my opinion? So you have the third pick. It is going to be a critical pick. It is also going to be a potentially um, controversial pick. Very much so. So if you sit in a room, if I'm Jonathan Kraft and I have a big old long table and I got Elliot Wolf on one side and Matt Groh on the other and Gerard Mayo here and Josh McDaniels here, whoever oh, the God, people are down no. the sides, get used to it, uh, whoever the people are and they all go, yeah, we're all on the same page. I, I don't believe you. I, I hate it. I hate that 
because you can't possibly be. Shime and I are going to argue about this for months we on the Six argue. Rings podcast. Every year we okay. argue. You and I are probably going to argue about it at some point. Oh, Marvin Harrison's available. You've got to take the better talent. Oh, Drake May. Oh, Caleb Williams is uh, an idiot. Wh- whatever. If everybody in that room agrees, then they're afraid to give their opinion or they are group Which thinking. Is a bad situation. Yes. And in the end, now I'll swing back around to my lead. There is also the possibility that it does go Dallas direction. And Jonathan just takes his reports from Matt Groh over here and here. What do you think? What do you think? Okay, I'm going to make the final decision. It's Drake May. It's it's Joe Alt. It's Marvin Harrison. That could be the possibility well, if, that he if, makes the call. If he has final say, okay. Like well, that, he has final say because his last name is Kraft. So the only person sure. that can trump and veto him is Robert. <laughs> Fair. I, but I, there needs to be one direction. There needs to be a singular focus the group. to how you're going to do this. And I, I don't know, Macro, if if we're taking uh, the words of others as last year's or 2021's draft and 2022's draft have been a collaborative effort, Matt Groh hasn't done so hot. No. Uh, you don't like Tyquan Thorne? He wanted a fast player. He wanted a fast team, so he drafted a fast player. Yeah, over George Pickens? No, thank you. Um, but he also took Pierre Strong because he was fast. Oh, God. Yeah, he's, he's now a Cleveland Brown. So good job by you. Uh, City So. Did I tell you he took City So? fine. Okay, great. Uh, everybody tells me the Patriots offensive line was horrible, but he was on the PFF All-Rookie team. I d- can't explain it. Trent Brown was also like a top five tackle for months. Anyways, uh, it's just there needs to be a singular focus. There needs to be a GM at the top who legitimately knows how to scout players. I don't believe Matt Groh is a very good evaluator of talent. I'm just going to go out and say it. I don't think he is. I don't know as much about Elliot Wolf. I'll be honest. I know he was up for the GM job for the Packers. Yep. But it's a if, family guy. If you're against nepotism, he's Ron Wolf's son. Yeah. So he and Matt Groh is a family. Right, a family guy well I know, but I'm just saying they all are. Yeah. And if what I've heard is true that Matt Groh was more of a um, Belichick kind of super supporter than Elliot Wolf was. Then maybe Elliot Wolf has a perspective of his own. Yeah. Maybe Bill wasn't taking his opinion as much as he probably should have. And maybe Elliot Wolf will be good. So if Elliot Wolf's in charge, maybe I can get behind it. I just I don't know much about him. Right. But what I've seen out of this organization, both of those guys have been involved. It has sucked in the draft. It's been bad outside of like Christian Barmore. It's and, and Kyle Christian Duncan. Gonzalez. Christian, when they draft okay, a Christian, Christian they do a good job. Yeah, draft a Christian, you do it's a pretty a religious good job. Draft defense on, in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's been good, but like for the most part, it's been really bad. And how teams have recovered from being in a bad spot? I don't know. Just look at the Rams. Hit on a couple late round draft picks. Hit on an Ernest Jones. Hit on a Michael Hoyt. Hit on a Kyron Williams and a Puka Nakua, and you're cooking with gas a little bit. Look at what the that's how the 49ers have been so damn good. They're hitting on guys like Fred Warner in the third round or uh, 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 Hufanga in the fifth round. That's how you. That's where you make your money as a GM is you hit on those guys in the middle round. The first round picks. A lot of the times, it's either going to be super high talent or it's going to be a bust. Sometimes it happens. That happens. It's. It's just kind of the name of the game. But where you make your money is in those middle rounds. If you can hit on those middle round picks, that's where you can start building a roster with cheap guys from those middle rounds and then go out and sign legitimate free agents to keep filling it in. That's why for a little while there, Belichick was doing pretty good as a GM with Nick Casario helping him because they were hitting on some of those middle round well, for a, guys quite a while. Yeah. The yeah. early like the first 10 years or so from 01 through like what was that the whatever the Gronkowski McCordy 2010 like 2010 so wherever that is 
There was a decade there that I think Bill was a really good GM. He at he did what you did. He nailed the first round pick, Richard Seymour. He would add a depth starter or two in the third or fourth or fifth round. Probably have a rookie free agent somewhere, and then he would add a. Corey Dillon, a Randy Moss, and boom, you've got a concoction that comes together as a really good team. And occasionally, he'd absolutely smash a middle-round pick like Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Absolutely smash. And that's, that's how Asante you have success. Samuel. Yes. Fourth-round pick became a Pro Bowl-caliber cornerback. A hundred percent. And that's kind of how you have success uh, as an NFL GM right now. We're uh, up against a break here. We're going to get to your calls coming up next here, uh, talking about the New England Patriots on the Greg Hill Show. Shime, Dundero, and Hart filling in this morning.